Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Week 11 Review episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by MyBookie. Guys, have you ever wanted to place a bet, but didn't because you were afraid to pick the wrong team? Well, this Thanksgiving, it's finally possible for you to get a 100% refund on your bet if you lose it. With the Turkey Day free play, you can bet the spread on either the Bears or the Lions. If it wins, you win. If it loses, my bookie will give you your money back up to $250. You literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. My bookie offers such a great product, and there has literally never been a better time to try them out. Unless your sport book is offering deals like this, I think you should make the switch. I've never heard of a sports book doing a freebie like this, and I doubt I'll ever it'll ever happen again. These guys are trustworthy, fast, and helpful, so I know they're good for it. New to sports betting and have lots of questions? That's okay, too, because MyBookie's patient customer service can walk you through any questions you have about how betting works. Sign up this week, and MyBookie will give you a 50% sign-up bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. It's a great way to bank even more money when you win. Log into MyBookie right now and use the promo code BEARS25 to get a 50% deposit bonus. That's promo code BEARS25. You don't need a promo code for your Turkey Day free play. If you lose, MyBookie will credit the money back into your account automatically. So what are you waiting for? Sign up today and don't miss out on the gravy train at MyBookie. You play, you win, you get paid. This week on the Bears Talk Underground. With a talented and well-rested Vikings team visiting Soldier Field on Sunday night, our beloved had a lot to prove to their detractors and themselves if they wanted to be taken seriously as a contender in the NFC and not be left out of the discussion when it came to the Super Bowl. Did the Bears answer the call? And what was their response? All of this plus Bear Up and Bear Down on Part 2 of the Week 11 review episode of The Bears Talk Underground. You know, I could get used to these Victory Monday episodes. Uh, it's four in a row now, so a whole month of Victory episodes, and uh, the hits will just keep on coming if our beloved keep playing the way that they played last night against the Minnesota Vikings. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back, part two of the Week 11 review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. And, uh, you know, you guys... Um, should have or have or should have listened to the all knee-jerk reaction portion, part one of the review episode last night. Uh, that was a lot of fun, actually. Uh, I hadn't watched the Bear game in a sports bar for quite some time, and um, I was sitting at the bar by myself, but there was a table behind me. It was about five people, and it was four dudes and one girl, and you can guess who the one Bear fan at the table was. You know, she was surround. I, I, th- I think they were college kids, um, and and the guys, you know, were all. I th- they may have been football players. Look, you know, athletes are pretty, 
put together uh, guys, and she was this little cutie wearing this cutoff uh, like sweatshirt with a bear logo on the chest and uh, and everything. And of course, she was the loudest one at the table because. You know, despite the five-point margin at the end of the game, the Bears kicked the crap out of the Vikings throughout the entire uh, football game. It was the Vikings' defense that kept the the point total low. Um, you know, last night, but um, you know, and and uh, and Fangio kind of getting soft there in the uh, in the fourth quarter with the prevent and and uh, uh, once again. Uh, allowing the the Vikings to uh, make it look a lot closer than it was because it was it was not a five point one score ball game that was played uh, last night. The Bears dominated uh, throughout. We had a fourteen nothing lead at halftime. Uh, probably should have been larger than that, but uh, you know, nonetheless, we were well in control uh, of the football game pretty much all the way through, and uh, it was um, it was great uh, to see to see the Bears. Uh, as you heard me say, you know, a few times in those knee-jerk reactions to see the Bears answer the call uh, to step up on the national stage. This is what the NFL wanted when they flexed the game uh, to Sunday night, what was supposed to be a, a ho-hum, you know, regional uh, Sunday noon game. They wanted to push it to the uh, to center stage, shine the spotlight on it, and uh, the NFL got themselves a good football game. Uh, last night and uh, you know from a team that was one game away from the Super Bowl last year against a team that's hoping to take its throne in the division and, and possibly do one game better uh, this year especially if we keep playing the way we played last night man that was a beautiful thing so but lots to talk about uh, with last night's game um, you know I, I looked like I had a crystal ball in, in my hands uh, last week after the performance that Cody Parkey put together against the Lions I came out pretty much immediately after the game, if not during the damn thing, saying that, uh, number one, Cody Parkey was not going to get cut, and number two, he would be the reason that we beat Minnesota uh, the following week. I was anticipating a close game, and sure enough, um, I don't know why we shied away from extra points uh, last night. Uh, both of our touchdowns, we went for two afterwards and got them, thankfully. But uh, we didn't kick extra points last night, but Cody Parkey kicked three field goals, each one longer than the one before it. We started at 33, bumped up to 41, and then finished with 48, and that's the one that put the game uh, away with about three minutes to go uh, in the ball game. It gave the Bears a 25 to what, 25 to 12, 25 to 11, something like that. Um, 25-16, that's what it was. Was it? 25-13. What the hell was the score before? <laughs> it was 25 to 14. That's what it was. 25 to 14. 25 to 14 because they because they scored another touchdown. So six points. They went for two and they didn't get it. So that's where. Yeah. So 25 to 14. So an 11 point two score game is what Cody Parkey gave us when he put that last one through at 48. I had to play with the math in my head. I couldn't figure it out. But uh, there you go. So, I mean, he was the. Uh, he was a hero in in uh, in the game, and he played a huge factor into the outcome in a, in a positive way. You know, he had his bad performance last week against the Lions. Thankfully for us, it did not affect the outcome of the game. The Bears would have just won by more points uh, had had Parkey been on target last week against Detroit. But uh, you know, those were points that we wanted, but thankfully we didn't need them uh, in order to win. This week we did need him. He did step up and he got the job done. So kudos uh, to Cody Parkey for responding. And um, 
you know, one thing that um, that I was uh, looking at this week, um, number one, from the beginning, all credit to uh, Coach Nagy, from the beginning, from the Monday morning press conferences last week, or actually I think he even said it like last Sunday in the postgame press conferences. He's like, absolutely not. We're not bringing in any – we're not auditioning kickers. We're not thinking about switching. You know, basically Cody's my guy. We're going forward with him, uh, so on and so forth. Not even bringing in guys off the street to try out or anything like that to give a different look or, or anything like that. He's like, nope, Cody's the guy. Never thought about it. He's going to be us. And um, This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. You know, the, the trust and, and confidence that Nagy showed in, in Parkey, it, it, it goes a long way in sending a message to the rest of the team. You know, it's like if I have a bad day, I know the coach has my back because look what he just did uh, for Cody Parkey and look how Cody stepped up and, and answered uh, answered the bell when it came time. You know, the, the the one job that he has, he couldn't do it last week against the uh, against the Lions. And, and this week it was it was colder outside. You know, the ball gets harder and, and stuff like that. The, and, and it's the elements at Soldier Field. You're right on the lakefront. Uh, you know, the wind and all that kind of stuff can be a factor. Uh, pretty much any time of year, but especially when it starts to get cold out. And uh, he was perfect right down the middle on all three of his kicks uh, on Sunday. So he responded of positively, as I believed he would, um, when um, when last week's game uh, ended. I just had a feeling that it was definitely going to go down uh, in a way where Cody Parkey would have to have a say in this game with Minnesota and if I was wrong then he'd be out of a job I, I don't have any doubt about that if he'd have choked the second time and, and, and end up costing us a game where we're, we're not in second place or we are in second place and we're one and two in the division and and, and it would just would have been a big setback if he would have um, you know if we'd have uh, cost us that game uh, last night but he didn't he stepped up and he got the job done man it was real uh, real nice to see and uh he made me look pretty damn smart last night. So, yeah, definitely gets a pat on the back from from your host. So, um, you know, it was uh, I, I it was really fun watching watching that game uh, for there to be a, a some to, for there to be high level football being played and for the Bears to be a part of it, you know, to 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 know that uh, and, and to know in your bones that what was happening was not a fluke. It's not a fluke. We've been doing this all year, you know, and, and it's, uh, it, it was, it's wonderful to, to see, to know that your team is going to be in any game. This, is, this wasn't like um, uh, back in 2009 
when the Minnesota Vikings played the Bears on Monday Night Football. Uh, they're going to be the number one seed in the NFC. All they have to do is beat the lowly six and eight Bears or whatever. You know, five and nine, I think, is what we actually were. And, um, you know, Brett Favre and the all-world Vikings come into town, and it's basically a foregone conclusion that they're going to kick the unholy hell out of the Bears and claim their, their first seed in the NFC. And just out of nowhere, we come in and, and uh, you know, we catch the, catch the Vikings with their pants down in the Devin Aroma Shadu game and, and beat the Vikings in overtime. You know, out, Jay Cutler outduels Brett Favre on national TV unexpectedly. That was a fluke. What happened last night is what was supposed to happen. The Bears are the better team. They played like it for 60 minutes last night, and they walked away with the victory. They are head and shoulders above everyone else, a game and a half ahead of Minnesota, two and a half ahead of Green Bay, and three full games ahead of the Lions with only six games left to play, guys. Seven and three, our beloved sit atop the NFC North uh, right now. And behind me right now on my TV is the, uh, the, the matchup of the century between the Chiefs and the Rams. And uh, last I checked, they were tied at halftime. And uh, we're pulling for the Chiefs tonight. Um, why, you ask? Well, because if the, if the Rams lose, they'll be 9-2. and two. And if the Bears keep winning, the Bears will only be a game back when they play the Rams on Sunday Night Football in a few weeks. And if the Bears win that head-to-head against the Rams, then who has the inside track on a bye week and the number two seed in the NFC? We do. How about that? So we're Chiefs fans tonight, guys. Uh, remember that when you're watching the game. So um, anyway, the way the game started out last night, it, c- it kind of got off to a, a an interesting start. The Vikings start off with the um, with the football. We got them uh, three and out. You know, the, the first play, they go like eight yards on first down. And then on two plays, they couldn't get the other two yards to get the first down. Stuffed by Akeem Hicks in the backfield on third and inches. He just blows right past the offensive tackle and uh, tackles, um, I think it was Cook, that had the play and uh, got stuffed. And the Vikings had to punt the football away uh, to the Bears, who in true 2018 fashion, Moved the football right down the field, uh, stalled out, but had to settle for a field goal. So right off the bat, Cody Parkey's got to prove whether or not kicking in Soldier Field under the lights with the helicopters from our news teams in Chicago watching, it would, was all of that worth it? Did, did all that, uh, that extra practice time and, and kicking in the elements, did, did that help? And sure enough, uh, he nailed it. And just like that, once again, the Bears are the first on the board. We have the early lead, and much to my delight, the crowd got the got their marching orders from the general himself, Coach Nagy, and they were deafeningly loud uh, last night. It was a fantastic, fantastic atmosphere uh, in Chicago uh, for the Bears. Now, where things could have changed, and this is what made the difference in the game, and I think even though it happened early on, it was the turning point. Uh, the Vikings, when they got the ball back, they started driving the football uh, down the field. They put some first downs together. They were getting some bogus calls in their favor. But uh, nonetheless, they get down, and they're in field goal range. They should be able to walk away with at least three points on, on, on this drive, and Khalil Mack does what Khalil Mack does, 
and Dalvin Cook runs into a pile that is uh, <laughs> that Khalil Mack is standing in the middle of, and he strips and recovers a fumble from Dalvin Cook, killing that drive. And that's that happened twice to the Vikings uh, last night. Uh, they they both that the two times last night they they got within scoring range, should have at least walked away with a field goal, and they ended up turning the football over and giving it back to the Bears. So the defense erased any mistakes that they made in the first half uh, against the Vikings. And those six points that they didn't walk away with, there's your difference in the game right there, folks. Those two, that at least six points they should have had on those two drives, the one that ended in a Dalvin Cook uh, fumble, the other that ended in a Kirk Cousins interception where he was throwing into no one in particular and hit a wide-open Adrian Amos in the center of the football field. If they walk away with those six points, that the Vikings possibly, you know, if you just add those to what they had, the Vikings win last night. That's how crazy is that? You know, those six points would have were the difference in the game. So right there, the Bears shutting the Vikings down in the first half, killing both of their promising drives by taking the football back, ended up being the difference in the game. And and Khalil Mack was Khalil Mack again. I mean. I was texting with a buddy of mine back and forth throughout the night. And, you know, the better we play, the worse those draft picks for the Raiders get. But it's like every time you watch Khalil Mack do what he does, um, you know, whether it's him causing a pressure uh, that, that forces a bad throw that gets us. Th- there was one drive. He had like two or three plays in a row that he um, affected Kirk Cousins one way or another, whether it be he, he hit him as he was throwing or Cousins couldn't get it off uh, you know, cleanly because he was trying to throw the football and avoid getting hit by Mack at the same time uh, and, and what have you. Uh, you know, A lot of stuff that you can't really see on the stat sheet, Khalil Mack is just, uh, you know, he's outperforming the deal that we gave to get him. You know, It's like two first-round picks and... I think what like a third rounder or something like that still doesn't seem like enough. It's it still feels like a steal because those picks that the Raiders got from the Bears, they're going to have to be perennial all pros their entire career for this to even look like it was remotely in Oakland's favor. Even even remotely. You know, those players are going to have to become Khalil Mack on their own, each one of them. And uh <laughs> that's probably not going to to happen and i'm just sitting there and we're talking back and forth and i'm like honestly bro we're uh, we're 11 weeks into the season and i still can't wrap my head around what the hell john gruden was thinking when he pulled the trigger on the trade or gave uh, reggie mckenzie the okay to make the trade uh with the bears i i just don't get it i don't get it i mean i understand you're the head coach you're trying to plant your own flag you want the team to be filled with your guys but dude you don't give away a generational, like, once-in-a-lifetime player just so you can be the guy, just so you can be the cock of the walk in your own locker room. It doesn't make, doesn't make sense, and the Raiders are paying for it. Now, they finally got their second victory of the season over the Cardinals uh, yesterday, and we just got our seventh. So I definitely think uh, we the the immediate, immediate returns and long-term we're going to come out way ahead uh, on this trade. Two, two first-round picks and a, and a third-rounder in 2020 or whatever the hell it was, it's, it's a bargain compared to um, you know, what we got in return, what we got in return. We, we got a Hall of Famer in return. He's, he's been 
lights out. And then Akeem Hicks, who was a beast last night uh, as well uh, on the defensive side. Um, and it just, I mean, what can you say about these guys? I mean, Akeem Hicks is, is, uh, Hicks is uh, criminally underrated. I mean, there isn't a Bear fan alive who doesn't, you know, worship the ground that Akeem Hicks walks on because he was doing that before Khalil Mack came to town. Now he's just doing it better, which was hard to imagine, but he's doing it. And performances like the one he had last night are uh, indicative of what he can do uh, with the with the right amount of help. I mean, it was uh, an awesome thing uh, to watch that Bears defense uh, work last night. On the offensive side, it was a bit more uneven than uh, than the solid performance we pretty much got throughout uh, from the defense last night, but. You know, we, we had our rocky moments. Uh, Mitch threw a couple of interceptions last night. Neither one of them were good decisions in in hindsight. All the credit in the world to Mitch. I was listening to some of his uh, press conference after the game uh, on Sunday. My man is sticking by those decisions. Um, he's saying that the first one was, um, I think he said that uh, he looked off one one safety and, and thought he had... Uh, made enough of a, of a good throw to, to, to beat the other one, and the defender just made a great play. And it's true, he did. He jumped over Taylor Gabriel uh, to come down uh, with the football, so it was a good defensive play, but he did throw it into triple coverage, so it doesn't look like it was the best decision uh, yesterday. And, and you heard me say it on the knee-jerk reactions last night. I think it was a touch of, uh, of overconfidence that, uh, that caused him to make that throw. But, um, you know, good for him to, to stick by it. He's like, yeah, if I had a chance, I'd have just made a better throw, uh, which would have been hard to do. Um, but um, maybe he released it a little bit sooner and beats the safety to the point. Maybe that's what he does if he could do it again. But uh, he says that he thought he made the right decision. The one with the, the second one, which actually looked worse than the first one, um, because he didn't, you weren't really clear as to who he was trying to throw it to. There were two receivers in the area, none of which was open. And I think he was expecting Allen Robinson to do something else, or he said Allen Robinson got caught up as he was letting the football go. So where he thought Robinson was going to be, he wasn't. He got slowed down and uh, ended up being the uh, the interception. So again, standing by his decision, that, like I I I went the went to the right place with the ball. It just didn't work out, uh, kind of thing is what he's saying. I think that's um, admirable uh, of him to stick by it, and as opposed to try to backpedal his way out of it and and uh and what have you he's sticking by his decisions and and thinking that he made the right one despite how it may look to the layman like you like you and me but um you know it it is what it is uh fortunately they neither of the two turnovers really ended up hurting all that much and and that was something that was also very encouraging you heard me talk about it in the uh on the drive home uh, last night was that I, I feel like we, we are a far more resilient team than we really have been, especially in, in recent past. Uh, turnovers in the past would have been morale killers because anytime that we got something going on offense last year, the year before, uh, and so on, if we were to throw an interception or fumble the football or turn it over, um, something would just happen to the team. Uh, it would be such a shock to morale or such a shot to the morale that it would take us a while to recover. We didn't have uh, amnesia the way that NFL players need to have uh, in order to uh, be able to continue to do 
their job. And, and last night, the defense nearly erased the mistakes, and the offense did a fantastic job of brushing them off. And I think you got to credit uh, Nagy and the coaching staff with putting the team in the right perspective to do that. And, and also, because we've been playing so well, we know that that's not the only chance we're going to have to score or to get into field goal range or, or what have you. It's like, oh, well, that didn't go well. We'll just come back and get them on the next one and to know that you'll be able to get back to that point and go further uh, on the next one. I just feel like it was um, a mental game more than anything when we would turn over the football uh, last year. And number one, we, we had so little success moving the ball last year that – that's why all those those turnovers did absolutely hurt as much as they did when they occurred because you didn't know when or how we'd be able to get back there uh, again because it was so rare. So I feel like the Bears are a much more resilient team this year than they have been in the past, and that is uh, a credit to uh, Nagy and the, uh, and the coaching staff for, uh, for getting us there. One thing that I was not a fan of, last night I mean it's it's like I was a fan of it and I hated it at the same time was Nagy tried you know realizing that the Vikings are strong in the secondary they've got some of the best corners in the league they're deep they've spent like I think three first round picks in the last four years or so uh, on corners they're deep at the cornerback Trey Waynes uh, they drafted Mike Hughes in the first round this time Xavier Rhodes is one of the best corners in football so that's three first round picks right there just in the last three to five years uh, or so that are you know that we've try, been trying to throw the football against last night and it's no big surprise that Allen Robinson didn't have a great performance last night because he had to go up against Xavier Rhodes uh, all night long and, and Taylor Gabriel and Anthony Miller had to pick their spots uh, to be able to make plays uh last night so the passing game was was going to be tough so we started running the football a little bit more what I didn't like about it was that instead of just making it the Jordan Howard show which was working especially in the first half um he, he got the whole downhill running thing going I mean even when uh Jordan Howard was being met at the line of scrimmage he was still getting positive yardage he was turning nothing into two or three yards he only had a long of eight, but it's not like he had a, a long of eight, you know, uh, wrapped around 20 run runs of a yard uh, or more. You heard me say in the knee-jerk reaction, he doesn't have 11 carries for 13 yards like he's had in the past or the other day when we played the, the, the Lions. He only had 1.9 yards per carry, 11 carries for 21 yards or whatever the hell uh, it was. He didn't even average two yards a carry uh, against the Lions last Sunday. He... He ended up with 63 yards on 18 carries, good enough for three and a half yards uh, carry. And I think those numbers were better in the first half. He was getting chunks. So on first and 10, we run the football, we're getting four. So a second and six is a hell of a lot better to deal with than second and nine, second and 10 if he got stuffed uh, at the line of scrimmage. But we started mixing in these jet sweeps where we're, we're handing it off to Taylor Gabriel, handing it off to, to Tariq Cohen or Anthony Miller, trying to get them around the edge. Well, the unfortunate thing is that we've been doing this quite a bit so far this year. So the teams are crashing heavy to the outside. And these receivers and Tariq Cohen, um, you know, Cohen's much better at uh, cutting back. And he had a big run last night because uh, he did a, a decent cutback. But more times than not, he's trying to find an open spot. You know, he's trying to find that 18 inches of daylight 
to turn the football upfield and is either running out of bounds to lose yardage or he's just doing his best to get back to the line of scrimmage. Stop trying to be so damn fancy, man. Just give the football to Howard and let him do his thing. You know, let him do his thing. You're wasting Jordan Howard uh, back there uh, running the football. So I would have much rather, instead of seeing Taylor Gabriel and, and Taquan Mazel try to take it around uh, the edge on the outside, just give it to Howard up front because the offensive line was was dominating the front last night. I did not expect to see that uh, in the running game last night, but we were dominating up front because Jordan Howard was getting at least two yards before first contact last night against the uh, the Vikings. It was really nice to to see. So I wish that we would have stuck with a straightforward uh, running game instead of trying to get so fancy. And, you know, I, I get it. Nagy's trying to make something big happen. And if you get a guy like Cohen or Gabriel out into the open field after they turn the corner, that's going to be big. That's going to be big trouble for the Vikings. And uh, in a game like that with the number four and number five scoring defenses in the NFL, which means they don't allow many points, the more, you know, obviously every point is, is, is of a premium uh, in a game like that. So he's trying to make big plays happen to get as many points as he can as quickly as he can. I get that. But we ran that play about half a dozen times. And aside from it working pretty decently the first time with Gabriel, it didn't work much after that. So he just kept going back to it. It was kind of annoying. And I, I wouldn't wish that he would have just stuck with Howard and, and let him uh, let him do his thing uh, last night. But, um, you know, in the first half, it was, uh, you know, it did look like we got a lot more out of Jordan Howard in the first half than we did in the second. Uh, and he finished with a decent number, 63 yards, three and a half yards a carry, which is almost double what he did last week uh, against the the Lions. So there was progress there. But, um, you know, it, it was um, it was a good first half, 14 to nothing. We were up ahead. Uh, we got the two Cody Parkey field goals. We had the Anthony Miller touchdown uh, and everything. And the defense was playing uh, lights out. Now, in the second half is when the Vikings um, got another break. They got another interception out of uh, out of uh, Trubisky. Um, it was a 14 to three third lead going into the fourth quarter uh, for the Bears. And, uh, you know, that's where things got exciting. We were able to uh, <laughs> the offense. Uh, uh, we, let me go back to the running thing. I mean, this is why it was important, because I knew that, um, you know, with Trubisky still being his elusive self, he got sacked once in the first half, but for the most part was able to move around in the pocket to get away from the pressure and, and scrambled a bit and got some yardage last night. You knew that with the success that Trubisky was having with that in the first half, that Zimmer was going to do something to tighten that up in the second half, and he did. So if we wanted to get yardage running the football, it would have to be on the back of Jordan Howard. We just didn't do that uh, enough. Uh, last night so it was it was that was frustrating uh to see and because of it the offense didn't really produce much uh it produced nothing in the third quarter and in the fourth quarter we didn't score a touchdown and we only had um we only had the three points at the end of the game with three minutes to go that Cody Parkey field goal those were all the offensive points we scored last night because the touchdown that we scored in the fourth quarter which pretty much was the first nail in the coffin for the Vikings was the Eddie Jackson uh, pick six. You know, Kirk Cousins hung one up there. Eddie Jackson came down with it. Only 27 yards to pay dirt. And next thing you know, we got we got a big lead. We're up 22 to 11 or whatever the hell the score was at the time. 
it was uh you know it was good to uh it was was like that's where i breathed a sigh of relief at that moment was that i think we're i think it's out of reach now i think we did put this thing uh away there was still a lot of time left but you know the way the defense was playing it seemed like a pretty insurmountable lead uh for the most part and um what i loved about the eddie jackson touchdown was the celebration and not so much the celebration itself but the 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 quotes and comments that came from the players afterwards <laughs> khalil mack didn't know what was going on he said if actually a lot of players didn't know what eddie was doing what eddie was doing was leading a symphony and at first with everybody gathered khalil mack thought it was a choir he thought he was supposed to be singing and then he said, and I quote, then Akeem started playing the trumpet and I had to switch it up. I laughed out loud when I read that. He's like, I thought I was going to be singing, oh, happy day. Then Akeem started playing the trumpet. So I had to switch it up. And Akeem Hicks said, I was actually playing the flute. <laughs> so he was pretending to play the flute. And he said, please don't go back and watch it. I know it's not a good replay. But he just he was doing something, so we all went with it, and we were having fun. So, and that's all you want to see is uh, you know the guys are having fun out there, and it's producing uh, the results that you want to see uh, as well. So, it was uh, you know it was a team victory. You know the thing that was lacking in the Minis- in the Miami game where the defense wasn't playing well, the offense was non-existent in the first half, and. Uh, obviously, you know, Cody Parkey missing those kicks uh, or missing that kick in the uh, in overtime that would have won us the game. Last night, we got it from everyone last night. The offense did its job to hang on to the football. Even if we wouldn't putting points on the board, the time of possession battle was uh, heavily one sided uh, for the Bears. I think when it was all said and done, um, it was yeah, 34, 34 to 25, 34, 29. So. 34 and a half to 25 and a half. So a nine minute time of uh, possession advantage uh, for the Bears last night. You know, and it was, uh, that's what, uh, you know, that when the offense wasn't producing at points, they were at least hanging on to the football, draining the clock, keeping it out of Minnesota's hands because they got playmakers that could have struck big uh, and fast uh, uh, last night. But the, the defense and just the football team in general. That's the other thing that I noticed was that the for years we've been watching teams like you know occasionally the Vikings when when they've had a good year. Um, you know, obviously Green Bay's been the class of the division for the last several years. Anytime you watch the Bears play the Packers, that was the most frustrating part about watching the game was not so much losing, but but feeling like we weren't up to their up to their caliber. You know, because they always seem to have this gear that the Bears didn't quite have. That little extra uh, oomph, if you will, where they would fight just that little bit harder to get that extra yard or, you know, wiggle just a little bit more so they could break free and, and extend the football to get the first down. Things like that. You know, somebody coming up to make a block that that normally wouldn't get made. I feel like the Bears have found that gear. You know, I have envious, enviously watched that, watched other teams play with it over the years, and I and I feel like I'm watching the Bears finally play with that gear now, and it's awesome. It is awesome to be able to see my team find that gear. We're the ones like Khalil Mack with his endless motor, 
you know, constantly flailing his arms, trying to get at the quarterback and, and, you know, strip sack and, and him getting in there last night on Dalvin cook. And he was at the bottom of a pile, still managed to recover the fumble. He had half a football team on his back and still had the presence of mind to reach for the football uh, and scoop it in uh, for the bears. And, you know, things like that, you know, Akeem Hicks, um, on a on a screenplay last night, Kirk Cousins throws it right over his head, and it was Akeem Hicks who made the tackle from behind, tackled Dalvin Cook, who maybe got a yard if that uh, on that play. It looked like he was setting up for maybe something big to happen, and here comes big old Akeem, just comes in and squashes uh, Dalvin Cook to the ground, nothing, because the Bears have found that extra gear. Whatever it is, we have it now, and that's what's so awesome to see, and that's why you know it feels like yeah, uh, we were six and three. People didn't really believe in the Bears. We weren't, quote, unquote, buying the Bears, you know, that whole buy or sell thing. Nobody was buying the Bears. They were still believe Minnesota's the class of the division or, if you know, God forbid, if the Packers get themselves on a streak, they liked anybody but the Bears, uh, you know, in the, in, the NF, in, the, in the North or in the NFC uh, in general. I think we changed some opinions last night. And if they didn't, then they're just they're lying to themselves about how good a football team we have in Chicago now. So, um, you know, it was um, it was wonderful to watch last night. A lot of fun and, and it made me feel good about watching it. And, um, you know, the important thing, um, which kind of got a, a bittersweet tang to it a, a couple of hours ago, but we walked out of that game relatively healthy. And obviously the number one objective for last night was a victory. But 1A was getting out healthy because of that small window between now and Thursday at 11:30 in the morning uh, to play the uh, Detroit Lions on Thanksgiving. Last night, Aaron Lynch left the game early with a concussion, did not come back. Adam Shaheen apparently knocked himself silly uh, catching the two-point conversion uh, towards the end of the game last night. He also left uh, with a concussion, and we were thinking that that's all that happened. Adam Shaheen, we probably wouldn't miss that much, a because we played without the guy all season up to this point and played well and B he didn't really even play that much uh last night so I, I don't think that's as that's a very big loss for us at this point uh anyway Aaron Lynch that might be a problem against Detroit and you know trying to get after uh Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers against uh Matt Stafford because I don't know that you can clear concussion protocol in 72 hours I don't know if anyone's ever done that before um, so if, if I had to choose on which one of those guys I wanted back on the field by Thursday, obviously Aaron Lynch, uh, would be my, uh, selection. I think we'll, we'd be okay without a, without him for a game. If we had to, the, the, the one that kind of was uh, slapping everybody's face today was hearing that, uh, if the bears had practiced today on Monday, Mitch Trubisky would have been on the injury list for the first time in his very short career with a injury to his throwing shoulder. Uh, turns out that the, uh, the hit that Harrison Smith put on him last night when he was uh, sliding, Harrison was flagged for it. Apparently that was the, the, uh, the hit that uh, ended up hurting Mitch. Now we don't know what the severity was or, or anything like that. Uh, maybe Mitch wouldn't have practiced anyway because it's Monday and we're playing again in 72 hours or less than 72 hours. So who knows? You know, um, maybe it's just soreness. Maybe it's a stinger. Maybe it's, you know, something not uh, serious. But I was just texting with my dad uh, before I started doing the show here. He heard about 
Trubisky and the shoulder. And I was like, well, that's why we uh, that's why we paid Chase Daniel seven million dollars uh, to come play for the Bears uh, this year. Was if something like this were to happen, you know, if if Trubisky can't go in the short week, I feel okay with Chase Daniel at the at the helm. Uh, he played very well in the preseason. Um, he obviously knows Nagy's system, so there wouldn't be a steep drop off or anything like that. I doubt very much that Chase Daniel is the runner that Trubisky is, so maybe we lose that aspect of the offense. But um, you you saw him perform. You we know that he knows Nagy's system. That's why he's here. I think we'd be okay for a game uh, with Chase Daniel. And, of course, Jason Lockenfora of CBS Sports, he would absolutely love it because, according to him, even now, Chase Daniel is still the best quarterback on the Chicago Bears roster. So he'd probably be fondling himself over the, the, the prospect of Chase Daniel playing on national TV on Thanksgiving to prove him right that the wrong guy's been playing under center for the Bears all along. So despite their 7-3 and three record and, and, and Trubisky's uh, – uh, progression and growth so far this year it should have been chase daniel uh, all along so i'm sure that that lock and Fora would just love it if that were to to happen so if it becomes a thing and trubisky doesn't play on thursday uh and that's it he still has 10 days to get ready for the giants um on what would it be december 2nd or whatever something like, yeah december 2nd i think it would be the next game after that it's 10 10 whole days to get ready and hopefully that will be enough if it becomes more of a thing and we have to go two, three games or whatever without chase daniels then in my opinion it becomes a little bit more of a concern but for a one game band-aid stopgap, i'll take chase daniel and and that's that's why we went out and paid him the extra money paid him more than most backup quarterbacks get was to fill in in a spot like this so if that's what has to happen obviously i'd rather see trubisky out there but I feel good about what Chase Daniel can do for us, and I believe he'll he can play well enough for us to get a win uh, on on uh, on Sunday or excuse me Thursday uh, against the um, against the Lions. So, yeah, was not happy to hear about because it just literally came out of nowhere. No one mentioned anything about it last night, so maybe it was just something that the adrenaline or whatever he thought he was fine, and then he woke up this morning and it was like, oh, something's not right, and. Uh, Came in and got it looked at and 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 what have you, and uh, you know the Bears put him on the uh, the injury report for the uh, for this week's uh, for this game. You know, like if the Bears would have practiced today, Trubisky would have been held out with a shoulder injury under you know the DNP did not practice designation uh, today. So I don't know. I hope we're all crapping our pants prematurely and everything is going to be fine and he's just a little sore uh, and and whatnot, but. Uh, you know, like I said, push comes to shove. We've got Chase Daniel, and I definitely believe that he's good enough to get us a win over the Lions. And uh, I, I even if you know if we have to wait a week and you know he plays against the Giants, I think we're, he's good enough to get us a win there uh, as well. So uh, I think we'll be okay if we go much further than that. If we have to play the Rams with Chase Daniel, then things might get interesting uh, for us. But um, I think we're going to be okay. So. As much as I don't want to see that happen, if it does, it's not the end of the world. So anyway, last thing, uh, last couple of things I want to mention before we get to our bear ups and our updated bear up and bear down list that gave you a, like a pre uh, preemptive one last night. Um, 
Number one, uh, Club Dub, as uh, Coach Nagy calls it, was live and in full effect uh, last night. Uh, it's an idea that Nagy borrowed slash stole from uh, Joe Madden and the Cubs. Um, the Cubs spent a fortune uh, turning the uh, dilapidated old locker room clubhouse of the uh, of Wrigley Field into this state of the art facility uh, underneath the stadium for the Cubs, and it turns into like a mini nightclub for the Cubs anytime they win a game. Uh, Nagy, I think he got. I think I read that he got permission from Joe Madden to use the idea for the Bears. Whenever they win, the locker room becomes Club Dub, a, a you know basically a disco for a few minutes after the game. The players dance around and celebrate and hoot and holler and and, and what have you, and and Club Dub is in full effect for the fourth week in a row uh, yesterday after the victory over uh over minnesota and uh you got to check out some of those videos uh on uh on twitter or chicagobears.com uh they're a lot of fun to see the players dancing around and and being silly you know celebrating the win and you know just the the euphoria of of another victory is uh you know always fun to see the work that those guys put in and for it to, to pay off the way that it has uh for the bears the last four weeks especially uh, the club dub has been fun to watch the last few weeks. And then finally, uh, one of our uh, followers on the uh, the Chicago Bears, excuse me, Bears Talk Underground. Ooh, almost let that slip out, didn't I? Bears Talk Underground Facebook page. Craig Taylor from the UK was in attendance at the game last night. I don't know what the what the later kickoff did. I hope it didn't interfere with your travel plans or anything, getting back to the UK or if you're sticking around or, or what your uh, plans are. But uh, Greg turned or Craig, excuse me, Craig turned out to be a good luck charm. Unlike our other old friend, one of my OGs, Malcolm Fell, who seemed to be in attendance for a whole lot of losses when he would make the trip across the pond, come over here to the States and uh, show up at games and the Bears would lose whenever Malcolm was there. But uh, Craig comes over and uh you know he said it was worth every penny spent on flights and hotels and tickets and whatnot and even had to sit through the bitter cold that is november in chicago on the lakefront and the bears got a win on national tv on sunday night football over a division rival so craig taylor is the official good luck charm of all uk fans from now on until he goes to a game where they lose craig taylor is the good luck charm so bear up craig taylor for showing up and uh, giving us the advantage, having one of our UK fans in the house. And uh, thanks for sharing the pictures on the Bears Talk Underground uh, Facebook page. Go ahead and uh, check them out. He had a cool one. Um, it's in the comments of, of one of the one of the posts last night. Uh, he and uh, his lady, I assume his wife, uh, it's the two of them. And then just off to the right is a picture of the video board that says Bears win. Great picture. Great picture. So... Congratulations, and, and Malcolm quits going to Bear games. We lose when you show up, bro. So keep listening to the show, but uh, stop going to the games, man. You're bad luck. So anyway, that is, <laughs> that is going to do it for the review of uh, Week 11 with the Bears getting the victory, moving to 7-3, and three, a full game and a half ahead of the 5-4-1 and four and one Vikings, two and a half games ahead of the 4-5-1 and one Packers, and three full games ahead of the 4-6 and six. Detroit Lions, who thankfully they won yesterday against the Carolina Panthers. And I say thankfully because that means the Bears 
wouldn't that they don't have a winning streak. They don't have a losing streak to snap against the Bears on Thanksgiving Day. They're actually winners now. They're they're on a they're on a winning streak instead of a losing streak now. So that's actually a good thing uh, for us that they snap the streak. Therefore, they're not looking for blood on national team. I mean, they're looking for it anyway. They're looking for revenge. They were embarrassed the first game, and the game wasn't as close as the 12-point deficit at the end of the game or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, they won yesterday, so they're not looking to snap a four-game losing streak. They're looking to extend a winning streak that they started against Carolina, and uh, I believe that they're going to come up short uh, against our beloved uh, on Thursday. So, anyway, that is going to do it for the review. Uh, and we'll get over to our favorite segment and close this bad boy out with Bear Up and Bear Down. Here we are with our updated bear up and bear down list and remember guys that turkey day free play thing is uh is the real deal i don't know how uh, my bookie is doing it but uh bears 25 is the promo code if you want to get your 50 percent sign up bonus uh they'll match up to 50 percent of your uh deposit and the turkey day free play does not require uh, a promo code and you can bet up to 250 or you can you can keep as much as 250 If you bet more than that, you'll get at least $250 back if you lose. So if you bet the spread and the Bears cover, you win. And if the Bears don't cover the spread, or God forbid if they lose, you get your money back. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's like, what was it say? It was all no risk, all gravy, you know. So go ahead and give it a try uh, with my bookie. Uh, Bears 25, the promo code for, for the 50% sign-up bonus and the Turkey Day free play this week. I think, um, and maybe I'll even get in on that uh, as well. So um, anyway, bear ups and bear downs uh, for this week 11 uh, review. Um, Going to start off with uh, Cody Parkey because why not? I mean, he was, uh, he was on the bear down list last week and he earned it, that's for sure. But three for three uh, on Sunday, 33, 41, and 48. Uh, that was the big one at the end there that helped us win the football game. The points that he provided ended up being the difference in the game and bear up to Cody for for uh, it was the theme of what I was saying the whole time on on the way home in the car. When I was recording that final segment, the Bears answered the call. We stepped up on the national stage and Cody Parkey was a big part of that last night. Uh, Bear up to Akeem Hicks. Five tackles for loss. The first time that's been done by a bear since Alex Brown did it in 2004. Um, bear up to Jordan Howard when they were giving him the ball they were running it properly downhill he was uh, he ran the football a lot better last night that's more of what I want to see uh, from the Bears offense in the run game and from Jordan Howard uh, going forward man I mean that that's that was reminiscent of what we were getting in 2016 2017 um, when Jordan Howard was all the offense that we had uh, bear up to Khalil Mack Add another sack last night, a fumble, uh, you know, a strip and another fumble recovery uh, and in various other plays throughout the football game. You know, you heard me mention it earlier. I still feel like we we, we owe the Raiders a couple more picks for what we're getting in return uh, on this trade. So, uh, thankfully, there's no conditional uh, picks that the Bears have to give the Raiders. <laughs> but, uh, 
yeah it's uh whatever it's uh whatever the price is it's uh it's uh we haven't paid the raiders enough for what we're getting back uh right now uh bear up to adrian amos who didn't make the original cut last night when i was on the road uh got that interception in the first half has otherwise been pretty damn good so far this year along with his uh safety compadre eddie jackson with a, another pick six, this guy just seems to be wherever the ball's going to be. That's where you'll find uh, Eddie Jackson. They they very timely interception last night uh, when the offense was kind of sputtering in the second half or at least struggling to produce points in the football game. They were certainly cranking out the first downs and, and, and moving the chains, hanging on the time of possession. I mean, we had 24 first downs. We were 6 of 12 on third down, which against the Vikings defense is pretty much unheard of. Uh, the last couple of uh, seasons and um, you know but we just weren't able to to make it count on the scoreboard so Eddie Jackson went out there and the defense took it upon themselves uh, to put it uh, to put some points on the board to uh, to help drive the nail home uh, against the Vikings and Eddie Jackson was the man that made that happen he also happened to lead (laughs) a pretty awesome touchdown celebration where half the guys were in a choir, the other half were in a were in a symphony of sorts, uh, but they were just kind of following along with what Eddie was doing. So it was a lot of fun to to watch that as well. Uh, bear up, Anthony Miller, great touchdown grab uh, last night. Also had a huge catch uh, on third down uh, last night that helped move the chains and 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 keep things going for the Bear offense in the fourth quarter. And uh, finally, bear up to the offensive line. Only one sack on Trubisky last night. Kept him clean uh, for the most part uh, throughout the entire football game. And, uh, you know, in the running game, when we were running downhill between tackles for Jordan Howard, the lanes were there uh, for for Howard to get a few yards as opposed to nothing, which is what he's had trouble doing over the last several weeks. On the bear downside, two names that I that – I, one especially that I didn't expect to put here, but – there it was, uh, one uh, being Mitch Trubisky. And I only put him there because of how those interceptions looked. Overall, he did not have a very bad night. Number one, he was playing against the Vikings defense, which was the fourth best scoring defense in football. So another 34, 48-point uh, explosion from this football team. That wasn't going to happen last night, not with a lot of luck uh, anyway. But he was 20 of 31. 165 yards in the touchdown to Anthony Miller. He was only sacked once. He rushed for 43 yards uh, last night on on 10 carries. So otherwise a pretty decent game, but it's those interceptions, both of which he stands by the decisions. But as a layman sitting here looking at it, they looked like bad decisions that could have hurt a lot more than they did if we didn't have the defense that we have. So those are things that we need to shore up and going forward. I'm sure those are things that we won't see from Mitch as he because the, the kid is growing. He is growing. He's improving week to week, and I'm pretty sure that somewhere down the line we'll be able to avoid uh, mistakes uh, like this, or he'll make better throws or he'll make the throw a split second quicker that would have been able to beat that safety down the middle and get the ball to Taylor Gabriel. Not there yet, but we're getting there. But for now, those two interceptions – were bad throws, bad decisions. Got to put you on the list. And then the one that hurt, bear down, Tariq Cohen. Hate to do it, man. Fumbled the ball last night. Thankfully, the it was something that the Bears were able to bounce back from. It was no big deal uh, uh, in the end. But, um, 
You know, it was kind of like that dry spell that he went on at, you know, throughout the year last year. We'd have these really explosive games where he'd, you know, have all kinds of, uh, you know, yardage on from catching the ball, running the ball and special teams and so on and so forth. He'd have all these impact plays. And then the week after he wouldn't be part of the game plan for some reason and he's not doing anything. Well, unfortunately, he is a part of the game plan. He's just not hasn't been doing much. And then he fumbled the ball. Uh, last night and it was late too in the fourth quarter it was not a good time for that to happen but uh, you know nonetheless you know you hate to do it maybe this will be motivation for him to bounce back and uh, have a performance of the day uh, against the Lions uh, on Thursday so uh, you know unfortunately we got to give a bear down to uh, Tariq Cohen but I'm certain that he will bounce back uh, as well because he's he's awesome so Anyway, that is going to do it for Bear Up and Bear Down for week number 11. That is going to close the book on week number 11. And, uh, but don't go too far because the book on week 12 opens tomorrow night. Because we have this short turnaround um, and because Jeremy wasn't available on Wednesday so we could just kind of do it all at once, we're going to do another two-parter. We're going to do part one of the week 12 preview tomorrow night. Myself and Jeremy Reisman. And I did test my internet connection. It wasn't the internet connection. It was actually my computer. I went through it and I had defragged. I cleaned it up. I did a 25-minute test call on Skype with my dad yesterday. It went fine. It went, and I even recorded it. I even had my PlayStation View streaming in the background at the same time. So, you know, it was streaming high-definition television, you know, and recording a Skype call all at the same time. Not once did that low quality or low network window come up at all. So knock on wood, I have exercised the demon that was plaguing my computer the last few weeks. And Jeremy and I won't have any issues uh, tomorrow. And uh, we'll be able to get that interview cranked out tomorrow night. And then Wednesday, we'll come back with the full preview if you will, the final injury reports before the Thursday game, any news and notes that I have, plus what I think the Bears need to do in order to walk away with the victory. So the next two nights are going to be important because we'll also be updating the status of Trubisky and whether he's going to be under center on Thursday or if it will be Chase Daniel. So I don't know how vague uh, Nagy's going to be this week in, uh, you know, in the vein of, uh, of uh, competitiveness and, and keeping Detroit on their toes and they maybe have to prepare for Chase Daniel instead of Trubisky or or what have you. We'll see how it all goes, but uh, we'll get through it together. Tuesday night, Wednesday night, come on back because we'll be having uh, parts one and two of the preview for the Bears and the Lions on Thanksgiving, uh, starting with Jeremy Reisman and our conversation uh, tomorrow night. So until then, my name is Larry D and this has been Bears Talk Underground.